over in your Bibles to Acts chapter 8. So uh, we are in our series, Matthew 419. Uh, we're at the tail end of that. Um, and uh, today, today we're going to talk about a little story here. Um, and, and, and we're going to give you a little bit of an overview. And the homework is to go home and marinate on this passage. Okay, Remember we talked about we want to marinate on the Word of God, not just be microwaved in the Word of God. Okay, they're two different things. Okay, microwave is is two minutes, right? And it's hot. Okay, the word of God is we want to be basted and broiled and and just soak up the juices. And that takes time, right? I mean, you can't cook a turkey in 20 minutes. Not a good one anyway. Okay, and but but you want the juices. And so that's really the homework here is to take this passage and just marinate in it, because we're going to we're going to really zoom in closely over the next couple of weeks. Um. And as we talk about being fishers of men, we're going to read about a guy, Philip, here. And um, he was so indicative, I think, of what we read of the early church, of early Christians, right? In Acts chapter 6, he was a guy who um, was really just a guy in the church. He was just, you know, um, kind of cruising around. And uh, sometimes it's easy. We get caught up sometimes in thinking that, man, okay, I need this role, or I need to be told I can do this, or I can have that. And Philip was just like, I'm just like following Jesus and loving him. And uh, there was, uh, can you imagine this in the first century church? The, the, the widows, the, the, the ladies that kind of needed some food, they started bickering with one another. Okay, the, the Greek women and the Can you imagine in any church they're being bickering over anything? And they're like, listen, those ladies are getting food before we get our food. And, and, and the, the church leaders, the apostles came together and said, you know what? We need to appoint some guys that are going to help these ladies get their food at the, at the right time. So no one feels like they weren't given enough or they were second instead of first and all this kind of stuff. And they said they chose. Philip was one of these guys that they chose of the seven. And they said he was full of the spirit and wisdom. You know, how would you like that? You, you feel like, man, I, I know as a disciple I am built for something great. And the church says, you're going to pass out bread. <laughs> you're going to be the bread passer outer. All right. And, and the thing about this is we don't read Philip going, ah, oh, yeah, but you don't understand. And don't you know I'm full of the spirit and wisdom that that the bread people don't need to be that way. And, and apparently the apostles were like, no, the bread people need to be that way. Like every disciple needs to be that way. But we see Philip and he was one of these guys full of the spirit and full of wisdom. And right there we could stop and go, wow, man, is, would that be my heart? Is that me? It, it, when, when disciples gather where they would go, that one right there is full of the spirit and full of wisdom. That's like the end of the lesson almost, right? I mean, so that's what we know about Philip. And then Stephen was, was killed, right? And then people just scattered, and we've talked about that a lot, and Philip was scattered out. I mean, there's no, no more bread to give out, right? He wasn't the bread guy anymore, all right? And he went to Samaria, and we pick this up right here in Acts chapter 8, right there in verse 26, okay? Uh, we have Philip. He says, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, okay, I, let's stop right there, all right? I don't know what you believe about the. Uh, I don't know what you believe about an angel talking to a guy. If we didn't know anything about Christianity whatsoever, but we just read this passage, what would you think God could do? He could send an angel to speak to you. Okay. Now let me be very clear. This angel didn't have wings. Angels don't have wings in the Bible. 
Okay, so that's very, we're going, wow, if, if an angel came flying to me, I'd be like, I'm listening to that guy. Well, the angels don't have wings in the Bible. That's the artist's rendition, okay? And an angel, the Greek word, actually just means messenger. It doesn't go into who that messenger was or what he looked like or was it kind of like a big burly guy that came up and said, Philip, go and do this, right? All we know is that, and it's so important as we read the Bible to go, am I not believing in the way that God has worked? Do I think he can't do that today? An angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, right, in case you don't know. I don't know what other roads there would be at this time, but anyway, there's more. Jody will tell us that. that go, the, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And so what Philip do? He went. He's like, that's what people full of the spirit and wisdom do. The angel of the Lord said, hey, here's the deal is, go down to I-85 and just walk south, okay? And so that's what he started doing. On his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch who was an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candace, okay? We read sometimes in your Bible, Candace, it's just a title. Her name wasn't Candace, okay? She was, that was the title of the queen, okay? And, and so he was in charge of the treasury of this queen, and uh, this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet, and the spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. I love this about Philip already. I mean, a fisher of men, man, he's hearing this, a messenger of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord. I want to stop here just for a second. Uh, well, actually, let me read these last two. Uh, Philip ran up to the chariot, and he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet, and he said, do you know what you're reading? Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I? The Ethiopian eunuch said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Come on up into my chariot, he told him. I do want to stop here just a little bit because if you haven't got a chance to hear Jody's classes, they are on the YouTube channel. You can go and start watching those. Um, probably one of the most important aspects of learning the Bible is that it takes place in real places at real times with real people, okay? It's not Middle Earth, okay? It's not Oz. It's not Tatooine. It's not these places where we're going, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. real places. And, and so it's really important as we read this passage to know, man, what are they talking about? This is just kind of the big view of the Mediterranean world right here, okay, of just getting an idea of obviously Italy. We probably have a good idea of that. And Africa over here, obviously Egypt. There's Israel right there, okay? This is um, the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip and all these guys are over in this area, okay? And we're going to zoom in. And, uh, and so Philip was scattered to Samaria, which is up here. It's up in the northern portion. He's up here. The Bible says that the Ethiopian eunuch was in Jerusalem worshiping. It doesn't say he's in Jerusalem. It says that's where he was, and he's heading home. And that, that uh, Philip was said, hey, go south to that road that goes south to Gaza. Go to that south road right there from where you are, wherever he is up in Samaria. And the eunuch is traveling down this road and the eunuch and, and Philip is going to meet him. And so that's what we know is they're kind of cruising on down. Philip runs into him down there. And so it's just important that we get this in our minds of what we're talking about. OK, what what did this look like? OK, where was he going with this? And then the passage continues. So the, the, Philip went up to him and he said, hey, um, what are you reading, man? I mean, it looks like you got a scroll out there that you're reading. Like, what is that? And he says, well, I don't even know. I need some help. And then uh, the eunuch said, this is the passage of Scripture the eunuch was reading. 
He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? And Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch didn't see him again, but he went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Man, when I read this, this is, this is like a portrait in a fisher of men right here is this story. There's so much here. This is one of the reasons I want you to go and just kind of marinate and, and meditate and read through and pray through and get an idea of what's really being said here. Who's it talking about? Sometimes we get caught up in the idea of, oh, man, he's a eunuch. And we tell the whole story of why he's a eunuch. And, and yeah, that's great. He works with the queen. He's a eunuch. Um, he's We do probably have a good idea. He's no dummy. He's in charge of all the treasury. All right. And so it's not like he's this guy that's just has no clue, you know. Um, But we we need to kind of marinate into this to get an idea because there's so much when I read this, there's so much about Philip that I want to be more like. And there's so much about the Ethiopian eunuch I want to be more like. I mean, we have like a double dose right here of, man, I just think there's so much here that is really fantastic. Um, Really, the first thing is this. This is, and again, we're just going to kind of take a quick, just a very quick view, and then we're going to dig in over the next couple of weeks right here. But Philip was sensitive to hearing God's voice. And that's something I want you to really marinate on, okay, is, wow, what does that mean? In John chapter 10, I'll read this to you. In John chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus says, I assure you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the door, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The doorkeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he's brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. They'll never follow a stranger. Instead, they'll run away from him because they don't recognize the voice of strangers. All right? I love listening to that. My first instinct, and it's probably yours as well, is, well, of course I know Jesus' voice. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been going to church for a long time. That's the only voice I hear, right? Not so fast. Let's not be too hasty about that. And this is going to be something we dig into next week is how do I hear the voice of God? How do I discern his voice from the enemy's voice? Because we already know the enemy makes his voice sounds like Jesus' voice, okay? The enemy would be a horrible enemy if he couldn't do that. He makes him sound that way, all right? And so you have this sensitivity to God's voice, I wonder how often the messenger has come into my life and I haven't been sensitive enough to hear. You know, one of the things that Jody shared um, on Wednesday, he said, you know, you have the tribe of Dan and they had this little, they had their mission over there on the coastline 
of the Mediterranean. And then you see later, they didn't do what they were told to do, and their land had to be moved. You know, and Jody made the question, he said, man, I wonder how often that happens. How often does that happen where God says, no, I have you right where you're supposed to be, and actually I'm sending messengers to you. And our ear isn't tuned in. In, in a noisy, noisy, noisy society, right? The, the spirit, I mean, we don't know what that sounds like, right? We don't, it doesn't say in this, in this section when it says the spirit told Philip, like in whose voice? I think like James Earl Jones' voice would be awesome. That would be great, right? Like, you know, or, or um, the Allstate guy, you know, the, the, the big Allstate guy with the deep voice. I'm like, that would be awesome. I, I would... I would hear that, right? Okay, I don't know what your favorite voice is. Those are my two favorite voices, okay? Um, but anyway, um, you see Philip, and he was sensitive to the calling, the voice. But more than that, he was obedient, right? He, he was like, I not only hear you, but I'll go and do it, okay? Now, these are questions to me, and I'm just going to kind of share like my process of going through this, okay? As I go through this, I think, oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 I hear, I hear God's voice and I obey. And, and if you're like me, and I think we're probably all similar in this way, we kind of have our pet things that we'll obey. Yeah. Like there's like the, pet, like, like we carry a little satchel of scriptures that we'll obey those, all right? And yours may be different than everyone else's. Yours may be like, okay, well, I'm going to obey everything about purity, and I'm going to obey everything about honesty. I'm going to obey everything. I'm going to obey all of these things. Uh, but maybe not being greedy is not in your satchel, right? Maybe not loving people the way Jesus loved me isn't in my satchel, but that's okay because I have like these five that, that when I do those, I'm going, of course I'm obedient, okay? Except Philip teaches us something very interesting, is that there isn't, a, there isn't this static moment where God goes, here is what I want you to obey. Now memorize all of these things and now go and live your life. It's actually we see God interacting with people as they're living and he's challenging our hearts daily. He's challenging our hearts via circumstance. He's challenging our hearts. So that's the reason why we have to be in the word. It's not going, no, 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 I do obey, Keith. I obey because I love people and I obey because I serve and I obey. But... Today, here's the question. When you opened your Bible this morning, did you look at it and go, I'm being called to obey this? Like, this is the message today. None of us in here are probably reading the same thing in our quiet times. All right? But to be a fisher of men, we, we really need to be opening our Bibles and going, okay, speak to me. And what am I being called to leave here and go and do? That's what obeying and following Jesus, okay? Now, if you want to if, if really connect the heart to that, okay? Please don't ever forget that anything we're being called to obey is because Jesus is the guy going, this is what I want you to do, okay? If Jesus was sitting right here in any room, let's say, it might be your classroom, it may be at home, it may, if Jesus was sitting there, Jesus should be the guy that we would go, see that dude right there? That's the guy I want to be like. And I don't care what anybody else says in here, no one is like that guy. And when he tells me to do something, I do it. All right. That's when the heart gets connected, when there's love and admiration. And it's just like, no, there's no one like him. Why would I why would I try to be like anyone else? OK. And so when we're obeying, we always need to keep in mind that this is Jesus. We're apprentices of Jesus. OK. He was sensitive. 
It's interesting here, and Jody brought this up Wednesday. Philip was able to go, what are you reading, dude? And he starts reading Isaiah 53. All right? And it says, starting right there, he started preaching the gospel to him. And what's fascinating is, is he started preaching the gospel out of Isaiah 53, and we don't know how much longer later Philip was going, there's water, why shouldn't I be baptized? Connect the dots. Somehow, in some way, shape, or form, Philip got from that passage to, dude, you know what? Here's, you should be baptized into Jesus, okay? What sometimes we're used to is we'll meet somebody or we'll have a friend or a family member and we'll, we'll go, this is where you're going to start. Right. No, no, no. See, you're going to start in, in, in the word study because that's what you need. Holy moly. I'm telling you, man. I mean, that's when Christianity just becomes like this manual, you know. It's like anyone can do it. All right? It's just, oh, there's, oh, no, no, no. What you need is this. And Philip's like, nah, nah, dude. Isaiah 53, that's where you are. That's where we are. All right? And, and you think about it going, well, how did he know that? Um, wow, man. I mean, this guy knew his word. This guy knew what God was about. This guy knew, you know, when he's reading Isaiah 53, he's like, no, we're more than happy to start right there. How intimidating would that be for you? Okay, you have a friend, a coworker. somebody said, man, I'm really having a hard time. Um, well, I, I'll give you an example. This is kind of a real world thing. Um, somebody comes up to you and says, you know what, I'm having a really hard time because, man, I'm trying to wrestle with the morality of even like um, in vitro fertilization. Like, I'm wrestling with that, like how to follow Jesus and all that kind of stuff. That's pretty intimidating, right? <laughs> uh, where do we start? The word study. That's what you need is the word study right here. <laughs> Instead of going, man, uh, uh, right. The fisher of men, though, says, you want to know what? Let's start right there. And we can talk about the gospel from that point in time. All right? And so this is one of the reasons why, hey, as a fisher of men, we got to go out there and be okay kind of sometimes falling on our face. All right. Now, let me tell you what the lesson of the Ethiopian eunuch is in. OK, we read about this happening one time in the New Testament. OK, so if if the lesson isn't go from here and just be like, OK, God's going to send me to this one. He might. OK, but I think we're learning so much about the character of disciples through this. OK, we're learning so much about being alert and being being able to handle our word in a way that going that, that says you're starting there. Amen. Let's start right there. And I want you to think, what would be the worst place you could think of for somebody to want to start in the Bible? I want you to think about if somebody was like, man, I'm really wrestling with, what would you say? Revelation. Revelation. Hey, and you know what? How many people start there, too? I mean, how many conversations do we have in there? And they're all up in Revelation theology, right? No one's pointing at Linda, you know, but, but exactly going, wow. This goes more, this is less about having a quiet time. And this is more about really thinking through these things and talking with people and learning how to do this, right? Starting, he just started right there. I mean, that is, I love that, but it is so challenging and it hopefully even challenges you as we're teaching about the Bible on Wednesdays and all that kind of stuff is, man, be engaged in that, okay? Because again, how many people have come through my life and how many people have come through your life and they've wanted to start somewhere and we weren't even listening to the voice of God to do that. How many people that we do know of that it happened where, where they're like wanting to start somewhere and we're, and we're wrenching them into like this one place we want to go. Yeah. 
And have you ever heard somebody say that to you? And you're like, man, I just feel like you just you want me to go here and I'm trying to get help there. All right. It's us listening to a voice that isn't Jesus's. Right. This is kind of just thrown in there. Ethiopian eunuch. This is I mean, Philip was humble. Right. For sure. But this 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 is the whole ballgame. The Ethiopian eunuch. I mean, he's the treasure. And he's having a hard time here. Uh, let me tell you, I remember the first time. This, I don't even know what the first, I don't even know how to describe this. All I know is I had a friend who was studying the Bible and I was kind of like trying to figure out some things. I wasn't even anywhere near the Bible. I had like bought a Bible and tried to read a chapter or two or something. And he was sharing with me what he was learning. And I remember sitting there with him going, oh, yeah, but, but, but what I'm learning in my Bible. And I'm like, I had no, you said there was no reason. I wasn't learning anything in my Bible. But as he was sharing, I wanted to let him know that, dude, I, I've got game too in the Bible. <laughs> All right. Listen, don't try to get up on me about what you're learning. Let me tell you what I'm learning. Okay. And I'm sitting there the whole time. I remember we were sitting in the dining hall, the training, room, training table at FSU. And I remember thinking in my head, you're an idiot. <laughs> Like, what are you doing? You've got no game. Please don't ask me a question. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just going on and on about this. There is something about every one of us, the Ethiopian unit going, I don't know what I'm reading. Can you help me? Now, here's the deal is, is it wasn't like he did. He was in Jerusalem worshiping, okay? He, he was up there. Now, was he a Jew? Was he a proselyte? Was he, what, what, what was he? Okay, it doesn't tell us what he was okay most likely he wasn't allowed into the temple proper okay but the truth of the matter was is we don't really know all we know is he was up there worshiping god and and i think sometimes we think no but i want to worship god so i'm going to get all prideful and i don't want to ask that question like help me learn this you know do, do you sit in class when jody's teaching you're like i got this i don't need this I got this. I remember everything and more that Jody's talking about. <laughs> you know, instead of going, wow, you want to know what? I bet you we need some help. It's amazing how insecure most people that go to church are about the Bible and how prideful we can be to not go, can you just help me? Like, like okay, I just help. We get into these battles and these arguments and stuff. Humble people, here's a, you know what they do? I know a couple of humble people. They ask great questions. They ask a lot of questions. They make less statements, right? It's like, no, tell me about that. Like, teach me about that. Like, help me understand that, all right? Help me, like, okay, I hear you saying this. Um, like, instead of me getting defensive, I mean, could you imagine the Ethiopian eunuch, uh, and here comes Philip, and the Ethiopian eunuch is like, dude, I'm in a chariot. You're, like, running in the desert. <laughs> like, maybe I should teach you, <laughs> okay, for real? I've got a chariot big enough for you to come up and sit in here with me. My life is better. And so, you, you know, you, you look at that and you're going, wow, there could have been kind of this religious battle. Could you imagine if they did like what we do today, which is like th- this idea of, hey, uh, I'd love to sit down and study the Bible with you. And then somebody else says, well, uh, why don't I lead one and you lead one? <laughs> right? Because you want to know what? We are so scared to death that somebody would lead us in a Bible study. Like, it's us and our friends, okay? We need to, like, help our friends be, like, disarm a little bit, okay? Because we're so scared that, you mean you'd think you know more than me? And I wonder, maybe that's something we should practice just amongst one another, sitting down and going, hey, teach me about this. 
and just sitting down, okay, instead of, or this side, or getting weird and going, okay, I don't want to be weird and like make you think I'm leading you in something, uh, so you lead it, and then I lead it, and then we'll do it, and then it gets all kind of goofy, and Philip's like, I just have the gospel, and the Ethiopian eunuch's like, I need some help, all right, boy, that is lightning bolt right there, I mean, that is the, that is the fourth soil of God right there, is when you get that happening, this is, we, we talk about pride a lot. I, listen, instead of not being prideful, let's be humble. Okay, that just makes a difference in my mind. It just, I don't know why that is. It just makes a difference um, because when I try not to be prideful, I tend to be arrogant. I don't know. Maybe you don't. And then finally, here's, here's the thing is, uh, we see, obviously, no matter what you believe about the doctrine of baptism, Philip clearly believed that this guy needed to be baptized, <laughs> okay? It doesn't matter. It's so We argue about theology, and we argue about doctrine, and we argue, and for sure, you want to, here's what I've learned about every group and every doctrinal debate. They're all wrong in some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that means us, too. <laughs> okay. I, I know we pride ourselves on being right on everything, okay? But, but I'm going to tell you, we have taken the doctrine of baptism so far in what you have to know to get into that water. I mean, it is like you need to have a master's degree to get into that water. It's like you have to, like, go and jump through. And I'm saying, you know what? You do have to know stuff. You got to know Jesus. You got to want him to be your Lord. That's what repent means. Repent and make him Lord. And you got to die to yourself. And that's a great recipe for being a follower of Jesus, okay? And so why do I say all that? Not to just get on us, but I think in our humility, we need to go, hmm, man, am I like requiring more here? Am I going too far? Am I sitting around going, oh, those other people that don't believe baptism does this? Instead of going, you know what? Let's get back in the Bible and see what's the Bible all about when it comes to this. Clearly, Philip was like, you got to be baptized. Like, you got to do this. I mean, how did he learn that? I don't know. Peter probably just preached a sermon not long before that. Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. We see this in the book of Acts. This is the normal way of people becoming disciples. Why do I say normal? Because there are different ways that you see pop up here and there that kind of mess us up because we feel like if every single instance isn't exactly like this, but the majority of what we see in the Bible is that people who become disciples are washed of their sins at baptism. That's just the normal way. That's not the Clemson Foothills Church like, hey, what's your doctrine? It's like, no, no, no. That's the normal way. That's what the early church believed. They didn't, he didn't ask the Ethiopian eunuch to, to say a prayer, and he didn't, he didn't do that. They prayed. I'm sure they prayed. But he's, the Ethiopian eunuch clearly had been taught. It was like, dude, stop. Like, I know we're in a desert, but there's water right there. Why shouldn't I be baptized? All right. And I hope that we're able to communicate it in a way that isn't about Clemson Foothills Church doctrine. But this is the way that Jesus taught. This is the way that disciples do it. This isn't judgmental. I think that's what messes us up with being fishers of men because we're going, well, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk to this person because, man, they go to church and they're awesome. And, and uh, it's like this works-based salvation where we think if people do good works, they must be saved. But works won't save you. All right? The baptism, God is doing the work at baptism. All right? This isn't like, oh, you know what? I'm so awesome to be baptized, and that's why I'm saved now. It's like it's all about God. 
But I think sometimes we're fearful of going, man, I don't want to be judgmental. I don't want to go and judge that person. I don't want to go and talk to them about studying the Bible, and they're going to feel judged by me. The best way I've learned to kind of overcome that is to not be judgmental. <laughs> like, don't try to not be judgmental. Like, actually do that. Okay? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I've said this a bunch, and I know people said this before, where it's like, man, I really have to try hard to be humble in this situation. <laughs> okay? Do I have to really try that hard? <laughs> you know? Like, if I just know, like, dude, just be humble because you are humble. Don't try to be humble. I'm going to try to not be judgmental. Just don't be judgmental. Like, deal with your heart and your judgment. Okay? Don't keep it. And they go, okay, how can I disguise this so they don't think I'm judgmental? Okay? Actually, don't be. And there's only one way that I know of not being judgmental is that I don't judge you in the positive or the negative. Does that make sense? Like, it's this idea of oftentimes we don't want people to be judgmental because we think if you judge me negatively, I don't want that. But what if I judged you positively? I said, you know what, you're awesome, and you must be a Christian, and you're, you, you don't need any Jesus in your life. You, you wouldn't get angry about that. You'd be like, I like that kind of judgment. I love that kind of judgment. We need to be more judgmental that way. Okay? No, 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 no. Let's not at all, okay? Because here's the truth of the matter is, is there's many of you sitting in here right now that from the world's perspective, people would have gone, they're awesome. They've gotten together. They go to church. They read the Bible. And somebody shared something with you, and you were like, wow, all of that is true. But I've never met Jesus in baptism. I didn't obey that when he said to go and do that. And we forget he did command to go and do that. And oftentimes we go, oh, I didn't, I didn't obey him. Does that mean I have to make up a bunch of bad stuff about myself? No, because Jesus saves good people and bad people. Jesus saves people who look like they're all clean on the outside and look like they're all dirty on the outside. And so why do I say all this stuff? It's because let's really be non-judgmental and just proclaim the gospel to everyone, okay? My hope would be I would love to sit down and study the Bible with every single person that lives in Clemson. And that doesn't mean I don't think there are other Christians. But I want to study the Bible with everybody, all right? Because I know I was enlightened when somebody, when the Philip came to me, all right, I was like, wow, I didn't know that. And I want to obey that, okay? So as we go, a, a few things. This, is, this was kind of my takeaway from Philip as I think about, wow, I, if I can imitate Philip's faith, all right? What were the things that I took away from this? In preparation for what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks, I, here's what I learned is Philip had to have been alert to God's voice. Like, he had to have been alert. He had to have been, like, living his life. Who knows what he was doing in Samaria to make a living or to make money or whatever. But clearly he was like, man, the, God could speak to me right now. Yeah. All right? I mean, like, I'm alert to that. I'm prepared. Like, I'm in my Bible enough to know that I go and meet this Ethiopian eunuch, and we can start right in Isaiah 53. All right? How many days did he prepare for that? Did he just study Isaiah 53 that morning? Probably not. He probably understood the big picture, okay? So th this was the thing I was like, you know what? I, this guy was alert. I can be more alert. 
This guy was prepared. It's really easy as we do quiet times to just go through the motions. And it's really easy to only have a quiet time and never study our Bible more either, okay? And going, wow, am I like really challenging myself? Are my brothers and sisters, are we challenging one another to really be prepared to go and proclaim the gospel right where people are, okay? And then the idea of seeking, you know, how we don't know how many days that Philip was just like, what we do know is he was proclaiming the gospel, and, and just seeking around going, who's, who's today? Who, who's the guy today that I'm going to get proclaim the gospel to? Who's that guy that I'm going to get to go and talk to? Who's the guy that God's going to bring into my life? And he met Simon the sorcerer right before this. All right? And Simon the sorcerer became a disciple. And then Simon the sorcerer saw an apostle lay his hands on somebody and the Holy Spirit come on them. And Simon the sorcerer said, dude, I'll pay you if you'll give me that. Okay? How discouraged would you be <laughs> if you're Philip? And you're going, I'm pouring into this guy. It's Simon the sorcerer. Look at how awesome he is. And you call the apostles, Peter and John, come up here and see this guy. Samaria, they're becoming disciples. I'm going to let Simon the sorcerer speak to the apostles. And, and, and the dude that you poured into goes, hey, bro, here's a 20 if you'll let me have that Holy Spirit thing. Okay? <laughs> Would you at that point be like, oh, dang. You know, the apostles are like, Philip, come here. <laughs> What are you teaching? Okay, that dude thought you could buy the Holy Spirit. Did you not do the word study with him? <laughs> you went out of order, didn't you, Philip? All right? All right? <laughs> you know? But it's that idea of going, dang, you know what? Sometimes that happens. That don't mean the gospel's wrong. And, and if you think Simon the sorcerer, like, fell away or something, the Bible doesn't say it. Okay? It says that he was remorseful. It says that he wanted to learn more. So don't ever teach that Simon the sorcerer was like called out and then fell away. All right? He might have been just a faithful brother in Christ after that, okay? Listen, new disciples got to learn things. But if you put your identity on the product, all right, we're going to get really weird. And, but you see, Philip, he's not like discouraged by this. He's like, he's still seeking, like, okay, who's next? Who's next? I know Simon the sorcerer is a little flaky. You know, we're going to keep on that. But who's next, right? And, uh, and we see that in the life of Philip. So hopefully this is something that can give us a start. And again, go through this passage, marinate on it, pray about it, think about it, apply it to your life a little bit. And we're going to zoom in on a couple of these, specifically next week, of the idea, well, how do I hear God's voice today? How does that happen? And, and what does it sound like? And how can, I, how can I be in a place where I can discern someone else's voice and God's voice?